Are your kitchen and bathroom way overdue for a remodel? Well, I got the guy for you. Call John Sellers at First Response Contracting, 484-256-7136. Both residential and commercial services, and he's licensed and insured. Call him at 484-256-7136, First Response Contracting. Hello, this is Brad Wiseman, and you're listening to Real Estate in You. I have a repeat guest. Well, I don't know if I want to call him that because, you know, it sounds kind of weird calling you a repeat guest, but it's Justin Barella from Annie Mac Mortgage. He's going to be here the third Thursday of every month at round, round one o'clock because we're not the most prompt people in the world. But uh, yeah, he's back in the studio here. We're going to talk about uh, mortgages, of course. And uh, Justin, how you doing, man? Good. Good. Thanks for having me. Did you ever feel like there's a take two on something? Yes, I just experienced that not too long ago. <laughs> just like deja vu a little bit. <laughs> a little what, bit. what you don't know is, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, this is the second time we're doing the intro for this, so it's kind of interesting. Um, but we wanted to get into mortgages right away. There's there's so much about mortgages, and I think every time we do the show, we try to pick up something different, yeah. something that maybe the public will enjoy, uh, or not only just, just that education is yeah. what's, what this is about. So you were telling me, you had actually done some preparing for this, which is awesome, Every and you were talking about income, and there's, I guess, the way we look at income as as a, a non mortgage person, and yeah. the way you look at income maybe are two different things. So tell me, let's talk about approving clients based on their income. What's the income part of a mortgage approval? It's a great question, Brad. I'm glad you asked. I, I've been seeing it recently that um, there's two types of clients: clients that are surprised at what they can afford. And those, Surprise in, in that they can afford more, more. than what, what they thought, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's typically your seasoned buyer, your second time buyer. Um, first time buyers are a little different. They're most of the time surprised they can't buy more. Um, but you got to understand that there's there's ratios that we all have to work work within. And we can get into the- And this ratios. is called your debt ratio. Correct. correct. It's called debt to income ratio, debt to DTI. Income. As they okay. Call well, that's the word that people use. And a lot of times I think- uh, your buyers will kind of fog over when when you yeah. say something like that. So you know, so the debt to income ratios. What does that mean? Explain. What does that mean? Right. So the the good news in the mortgage world is we use gross. Yeah, gross income. Yeah, mm-hmm. gross income. So a lot of people that are surprised that they're they're getting as much approval as they are are the ones that are looking at their pay stub and what yeah, they actually make. Right. So we tell them they make five thousand a month. They're like, "Well, I see about three of that." Yeah. So, but what we do is we take the upfront gross and we calculate it based on whichever program they're going to go into, and we can get into that. But. Once we have all of their income, so it's my job to get everything up front. So it's not so, a quick So all term. the income has to come in. Everything. Right. And, but that's our job to find that. Okay. Okay. So, Got it. you know, I, I, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a CPA. But at the same time, we have underwriters and we have scenario groups that we can go to on trickier income. And trickier income would be, like we talked about uh, last month, was rental property income. Small businesses right now are getting, I don't want to say hammered, but you know, you, if you have a small business, whether you're a, you know, cut hair and you have your own business or mm-hmm. you're really, you better have a profit and loss ready to, to come up with because they want to see due to COVID, they want to see current income and where you're at. Now, when you're self-employed, are we looking at two years, one year? Like how much? Uh, Correct. Everything's based on two years, typically. Two years. So, so two if I just plus. started, if I just started uh, a new business, uh, an LLC and, and, 
it's doing well and everything's good and my first year's under my belt. I really need to wait to the second year's under my belt. If that's your only income, yes. But if that is going to be ancillary income, like you've set that up, you have a sales job yeah, and you're making a commission with that and you, you do it for two or three years and then all of a sudden you decide you want to sell Tupperware right, or, right. you know, and then you're going to create an LLC. Yes, for us to use that income, you would have to be doing that consistently for two years. Now, on the flip side, how can that hurt you? Mm-hmm. Well, we have to show it. So if it's on your tax return, even that one year, and you're showing them big loss, that's... E, got that it. Hurt. Got it. Because, yeah, because when you're talking to a business, you're going to be taking out the expenses of Correct. what that... Yeah. So it could actually be a negative Correct. number. Correct. thousand percent. Not so it's not just extra income. So what I'm learning is, is you're using gross, not net. So don't, So when somebody's... When they tell you what their income is, a lot of times people might even tell you their net. Because they're sitting there going, well, I, my take-home is probably 25000 Well, that means your gross is probably forty. you know? Correct. With, with uh, taxes the way they are. And that's why it's so important like when we ask clients for documents it, it's not just not to be nosy <laughs> or to fill a bucket i mean yeah, it right. is in, in the underwriter's eyes but that's after we've calculated all the numbers but w2 for anybody that's a w2 employee is it's pretty it's pretty straightforward right got that's it. what they make you know it, it, yeah, it's on it there is, it's yeah. on there there's no hiding anything there's right. no yeah and they're not deleting they're not taking expenses out or anything like Typically that not yeah, so that's that makes sense. That makes sense. So okay, so we're, we learned a little bit about that. The ratio thing has to do with also your expenses, right? The debt to income, because we're talking debt and we're talking income. So, so car payments and things comes off of Correct. your income, right? Correct. So the way um, the way we look at it is the gross income minus your debts, and then whatever the percentage is. So if it's fifty percent, then you take that number and divide it by that. And so let's just use 120,000. You make a year is 10,000, obviously a month gross. Mm -hmm. You take that number and your car payments, 500, your, um, uh, let's say you're, you have a personal loan for 500. Mm -hmm. That's so that's a thousand. So now you have $9,000. Let's say you have another two fifteen credit cards and then student loans. So all that is getting deducted. And then what's left over divided by or multiplied by right. the percentage we can approve you for is yep. what your your max payment can be. Got it, got it. Yeah, it's and that's that's important stuff. So, you know, and this is why it's so important for people to get pre-approved mm-hmm. um when they're looking at a home because there's a lot of things that go into it. And like you said, I think a lot of times people Many times people are, are surprised by what they are actually qualified to purchase. Uh, doesn't mean you have to use all that. Right. I mean, I tell people that all the time. You, you still want to be able to go out and eat at McDonald's sometimes. You know. Yeah, we we try to put it in perspective uh, of you know it, it, what do you feel comfortable with? Like, so right. that's the first question. If I have a client that's going to be approved, let's just say for a five hundred thousand dollar mortgage, but you know, they want to move in to be a little bit more reasonable. I'll let them know where I think their sweet spot is, but ultimately the clients kind of make the payment. Not yeah, me. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be comfortable. And you want, like I said, you want to be able to do other things too, you know? Correct. So you had uh, some of the other things that you had written down was um, about co-signers. This, this is, you know, we've been, we've had dealt with this before the whole yeah. co-signer thing. What does a co-signer mean? And I think also on the other side, the co-signers know exactly what they're getting into they when sh- they co-sign. They they should. They should. Yeah. It's it's tough because if you're in a position where you need to ask somebody for help to to piggyback on their income, there's there's two ways it can go. Uh they can have good in- <laughs> there's three. You could have good income and good credit, or in some cases we have clients that have good income but bad credit or vice versa. Right. Credit, right. No- so 
it's not as easy as it sounds just to pick a cosigner out of, out of the blue. You yeah. got to, you know, you've got And it's a huge commitment for the cosigner. It is. It is. We right? typically see parents are the majority of the the cosigners cuz they understand and trust, you know, yeah. but but they're obligated. It's their loan. Right. So and and let's just correct me if I'm wrong. What I what I gathered from a co- what you are as a cosigner cuz I've seen this in situations where the person that co-signed is now looking to purchase a home. And they go to purchase a home, and they, and and Great you point. say to them, uh, "You know, you have a mortgage already on your name." And no, they're that's like, "My daughter." No, that's my daughter's. I ju- I just co-signed, and I'm like, mm. "You just got a mortgage." Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you don't know it, but you own a house already. Just so you know. Yeah. So no, and I think it's really really important that whoever's co-signing knows that this goes against. This is a this is a debt against yeah. you. Um, it's a great thing to do if you can do it. And if the oh, parents okay. have the, the ability, that's wonderful. But I think it's a good on both sides that they have to understand. Now, you have a um, two people looking to purchase, whether husband and wife or not, doesn't matter. One has ugh, credit that's marginal. Mm-hmm. The other one has fantastic credit. How does the interest rate get decided? Is it go by the lowest one or go by the average? Great question. Lowest one, but do we need the other one? That's is the what, question. What we ask. What if he's the earner? Yeah, then we need him. So then you need them. So yeah. So you need the higher earner because of the income. And, um, but, but the credit's going to be, it's going to be, the interest rates can be based on, or the program. Cause at that point it could be FHA. Correct. Right. So that's, that brings up a great, a couple of great points. So, Yes, we do use the, it's a big misconception. Well, they yeah. have higher credits. So we well, let's average it together. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's not. And just to, um, to go into that a little further on the, co- on the cosigner, the, the one thing that I try to do, and just to go back real quick, is I try to make it as temporary mm-hmm. as possible. Gotcha. So, for example, if I'm putting a cosigner on for, it could be because they, they've only been in their, their job for a year and a half mm-hmm. and, and their wife's been in for two years, but you know, the, the other party, the husband and wife are going to be, the husband's going to make more income in a half a year. Well, let's look to refi them off. Let's get gotcha. you in the home gotcha. and refinance you off. So that's one of the things I try to set expectations on. This isn't for life that you're yeah. signing this cosigner. You're not a cosigner for life. So, and then, and we did that recently on a, on a deal. I know we did. Yeah. I remember it was a, a couple that we had to bring a, a parent in and, and they helped them out, which was great. But they're going to be hopefully refining soon yeah, uh, to get that person off and then to bring the, the wife back It could back be on. credit. Maybe their credit, um, think about it this way, their credit might have been below a threshold that we, we couldn't approve them for a certain better program. Um, so we added a mom to, to, to be able to remove one of the income people that had lower credit. But- they're working on their credit and their credit goes up. Or if you add them to the mortgage and they pay on time, their credit's going to go up. So yeah. it works a couple different, it's yeah. going to help you. And yeah, it, it, if you can co-sign it, it really, it if you can get that. Yeah, yeah. If you can, yeah. let's move on to the next one. Uh, so, and we could have actually um, talked about this in, in this conversation, but the, the ratios are different mm-hmm. depending on whether it's FHA or, or um, conventional. Mm-hmm. And, so, and this is what, you know, sellers ask me when we get these offers that come in multiple offers, you know, well, what's the big difference between, you know, FHA and, and conventional as a seller, what's the big difference? And I always say, one of the things is the ratios, they, they allow more debt. The debt to income ratio is higher with FHA than it is Correct. with conventional. We Correct. can use more of your income. Right on FHA, and that's why first-time home buyers. It's a good program for them. And FHA is not a swear word. It's 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 a great program. Uh, but we talked about yeah. it. FHA versus conventional. 
um, for some reason, sellers are, well, not for some reason. Well, but, it's a competitive market. So in, in a competitive market, extremely competitive. I shouldn't just say competitive. Extremely competitive market. <laughs> it's off the charts. It's off the charts competitive. Um, you know, because right now, FHA, I mean, it's as great of a program as it is. And it, it's people in the past, most of our sales were FHA right. for the longest time. Right. It was a lot of times a better rate. You could include more of your income. You could. It was more forgiving on, on credit score. scores. You know, all those things. Yep. Now, you know, things have changed. And that's only because. It doesn't mean you're a bad buyer. Nope. It's just because it's so competitive. Yeah. And what happens is, you know, when, when, you, have, when you have a choice sure. between conventional and FHA, when all things are equal, mm-hmm. you know, price is the same, no well, inspections. That's, that's it, a good it, question. Yeah. What if it's not equal? Like, so well, let's, if, what's the, right. what's the, if I've got an FHA and I'm five grand over ask and conventional, are they taking the conventional, even though it's five grand less, or are they taking the money? If it's over full price, I'm taking the conventional. Oh, and you, wow. you know why? Cause you got to worry about the appraisal. There's no money that, cause you're looking at three and a half percent down. Yeah. So there's, you know, if, if the convention, especially if the conventional is 10%. Or fifteen percent, or twenty percent down. Gotcha. Now you know that there's a spread there. That if it doesn't appraise, still come we up. have we have some. Hopefully, have some money we can come up with. So FHA is not a bad thing. It's no. a it's a good loan. It's a great loan. It gives a lot of people opportunity in the past, yeah. and still to this day, it's just because the market is so competitive, it's getting picked apart. Yeah, that's really what's happening. And for the buy for the buyer, the the only difference that they see above that is the mortgage insurance, which. On FHA, if you didn't know, it does not go away. So mortgage insurance is something you carry on your property until you have 20% equity. At 20% equity on a conventional, once you have that $100,000 home, you mortgage is $80,000 or lower, that mortgage insurance goes away. On FHA, you have to refi out of it, which again, let's say you have a cosigner. Yeah. Let's say you're, you you got to go FHA. You refi out, and now with five hundred dollar appraisal, you can hopefully get your. I mean, look at homes. Yeah. Uh, you could probably do it within a year, year and a half. You know, get yeah. some of that equity out of there uh, quickly. You know, just get to the twenty percent mark yeah. really fast, actually. So, um, before we wrap this up, um, one of the other questions, uh, what you said, what, what do you recommend for clients that have a higher debt to income ratio? Yeah. What, what do they do? I tend to get this a lot uh, because I. I grew up in this. I grew up in the financial business, but helping people with these things before I got into mortgages. So, one of my, I don't know, one of my stronger suits is making sure that I can work with the client to get them into the best program as quickly as possible. So, right. in this case, FHA to conventional. I want to try to get you conventional if we can make it work. But one of the ways we can make it work is to look over your credit report with you, mm-hmm. identify which are the higher payments. Not necessarily mm-hmm. the higher balances, but payments. Like the payments. I so, tell people that all the time. It doesn't matter if you owe a million dollars. If it's only ten bucks a month, that's all that matters. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So by structuring it that way, and and in some cases, I've they want to put ten percent down. Maybe it makes sense to put five percent down and pay that yeah, car right. off with the other five grand. That's a good idea. That, that. So and that's another thing. That's why it's good to come into somebody like you who's sitting there looking at the big picture. Mm-hmm. You get all the information in. It's like anything let's bring it all in. Yep. Let's put it on the table and let's look and see what makes the most sense. Yeah. And it's not just me either. I just want people to know, like I have a team that, yeah, that yeah. helps checks and balances. So that's important to know too, that Absolutely. you're not just getting me. That's I always you got Trish. Yeah. You got what's it's Trish. And what's yep. the other girl? Abby. Abby. Adriel, yeah. I have they're all, partners. Yep. yeah, they're great. They they're do awesome. a really good job. So is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up this edition of JP's mortgage news? I don't think, I think we're good. I just, uh, 
I appreciate you having me on. I love oh, yeah, this. no problem, man. I love it, too. It's good stuff. And, you know, there's always something to talk about when yeah. it comes to mortgages. Always something to talk about. Oh, write about. them in. What's that? Oh, write yeah. In your That's true, too. Just write them in. On, put them on the Facebook page uh, for Real Estate and You. And then that way we get a chance to look at these questions. Uh, oh, we just got something from Jordan Kreitz that said, two of my favorite people. Well, isn't that nice? So kind. So kind. All right. So there you have it. That's Justin Perella from Annie Mac Mortgage. And he's going to be back on the third Thursday of every month at 1 o'clock. All right. We'll talk to you later. Are your kitchen and bathroom remodels a little overdue? Well, now's your chance to call First Response Contracting. John Sellers will take care of you. 484-256-7136. They do residential and commercial, and they're licensed and insured. Give them a call at 484-256-7136.